Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Today, we will be talking with Jeff and Carly Ryder, founders of Ordinary Nurses. Jeff and Carly founded the nonprofit organization to bring health and hope to the starving babies of rural Guatemala. With infant mortality high and accounting for 25% of all registered deaths, as well as knowing that within the villages of Guatemala, over 80% of children under five years of age are malnourished, Ordinary Nurses is on a mission to change these statistics through disease prevention, community health education, high quality medical care, and nutrition services. Jeff graduated with a BS in business administration with an emphasis in accounting and a minor in biblical studies, while Carly graduated with a BS in nursing with a minor in Spanish from the University of Northern Colorado and worked as an emergency room nurse at Medical Center of the Rockies. They took several trips to Guatemala in support of their now mentors, George and Vanda Cisneros, with ordinary missionaries. During these short-term trips, they believed God revealed to them the extensive need for infant health care, especially related to malnutrition and preventable disease. Jeff and Carly have been married for five years and currently reside in Guatemala. So I'm super excited to introduce this couple to you today because... I was introduced to them by a mutual friend, and I'm really excited to learn about what they do. So Jeff and Carly Ryder, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you are calling in all the way from Guatemala, so I'm super excited. I know that you have some roots here in Colorado, but I get to have you from Guatemala today. So thank you for giving me your time to share what you do on our episode today. But I want you to start telling me more about who you are and each of you. Where do you think this drive came from to give back and to serve others? Well, thanks again for having us. We're honored to get to share with you. My name is Carly and I'm here with my husband, Jess. And two and a half years ago, we moved to rural Guatemala. We're from Northern Colorado, born and raised. And we moved to rural Guatemala to start a program to revive severely malnourished infants. So we started a 501c3 nonprofit and it exists to partner with mothers in rural Guatemala who have infants on the edge of death due to severe malnutrition. And we partner with these moms for a full year and we provide full medical care through our excellent pediatrician and medical team of local gals. And we provide nutritional assistance through lactation counseling and sometimes formula supplementation. We also provide community health education. So the moms in our program can commit to a weekly class using a culturally appropriate curriculum where they learn about infant health and disease prevention. And two gals both to our community now in nursing school have been trained in this curriculum and are teaching the classes. And the other part of class is group Bible study. So we get to do life with these moms, study the Bible, talk about the tough stuff they're going through and pray together. And then the final part of our program includes improving their homes. And that's a big part of where my husband Jeff comes in. 
What I do is I make sure that each family that enters our program, the number one thing that they get is clean water. And so Carly could probably tell you more about the health benefits of that, but both for the mom and for the baby, just to make sure the family has access to clean water. So my first my first job is just to make sure the family has access to water, number one, and then number two, to have access to clean water. So they almost everyone will receive a filter the first day, like a water filter the first day they come into our program and that so that they, they can just have access to that clean drinking water. And then the other big part of what I do is like um, home improvements and construction. And so with for the babies in our program, a lot of the families here culturally will cook over an open fire. And a lot of times that's kind of in an enclosed hut. And so there's a lot of smoke, just a lot of smoke fumes inside like a, an enclosed structure. And so that can cause a lot of health problems both to the mom and a lot of times to the baby because most often the babies are on the mom's back all day. Mm. So while they're cooking and stuff, the babies are breathing in a lot of that toxic smoke. And so my job as well is to we construct a lot of kitchens and clean air stoves. And so that's kind of like it's an incentive for the moms to stay within our program. Because mm-hmm. if they do stick in our program to the end, then they'll all receive a clean air cooking stove, which vents out the toxic smoke. It uses half the amount of firewood that they would normally use. It stays hotter longer. It gets hotter quicker. It just kind of has a lot of health benefits on top of all that. Wow. And that's an incentive for them to stay in this program, you said. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like their their incentive to stay stay in the program right. is that if they stick with us, they'll receive a, a clean, a, a brand new kitchen and a cleaner uh, stove. And we actually have a lot of buy-in within the families. They all really would like the stove. So it wasn't hard to do the buy-in, uh, I guess, in our area particularly. So uh, it's definitely something that they want to have. Right. Wow. Yeah, and so it's a big part of our program is just the medical care, but just the long-term health. And so the partnership lasts a year so that we can really empower the mom with education for future babies. And as she's raising her baby in health, she's bringing her baby home to now a healthy environment so that she's just surrounded with all the resources for success mm-hmm. so that after her baby has gained weight and is at a healthy weight, she can continue to maintain that white weight in this healthy environment with the education obtained through the year-long program. That's awesome. So let's back up a little bit because I'm still really curious. So how did you go from Colorado to Guatemala? We went on a, a trip with our church back in 2012, I think. And it was the first trip that they took down to Guatemala. And Carly and I went there, we were dating and we were the youngest members on the team, except for like a family unit, maybe parents had brought their their younger children, but we were the youngest, I guess, adults on the team. And so it was my first time at the country just to see, see a new culture. And we, yeah, we got to serve at a children's home and at a school and things like that. And then I think it was the following year, we were asked to lead the trip. And by this time we were married and we just felt like we were too young. And because we were the youngest ones on the team last time that they could probably find someone who's better suited for the job than we were. But as it turned out, they were just going to cancel the trip because they couldn't find anybody to lead it. Oh, wow. And so we decided that we were better than nobody. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so we went ahead and led that trip. And right before we were going to leave on that trip, actually the organization that we had gone with 
the year before it had fallen through. And so we were actually out of options for where to take this team. It was, uh, they covered everything, you know, like the food we eat, the transportation, to the and as well as the projects that you're actually going to do. So basically everything that wow. you need. And so this falling through was stressful and we didn't know where we were going to take our team. And we were kind of up late researching where we could take the team, what could we do with the team, how we could do good. And on that very first trip... The tickets were already bought and we only had about two weeks. When, when everything fell through, we only had about two weeks to figure everything oh out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And on that very first trip we went on, we had the opportunity to kind of purchase souvenirs. And one of the things being sold was prints from a missionary artist and the proceeds would go to their mission. And so that print was hanging in our kitchen and we said, I wonder if those missionaries are there. I wonder if they would be able to help us. And so after some searching, we were able to get in contact with them and we were on the phone with them the next day. And they said, you know what, we'll take care of everything. We would love to host you guys. And it turns out that was George and Vonda Cisneros, who uh-huh. started the nonprofit organization, Ordinary Missionary. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of our relationship with them. And over time, we continued to return to Guatemala to help ordinary missionaries. We fell in love with their ministry, their model for empowering the community and working towards sustainability and working themselves out of the job. So that the community would be empowered to carry out the change themselves. And we we're just so passionate about what Ordinary Missionaries is doing that we continue to visit them over and over. And I think we came seven or eight times since that first time to them. And through these constant trips to them, we became increasingly aware of the malnutrition in the area and the medical needs. And so we became ordinary nurses, the medical branch of the good they were doing in the same village. Got it. And that's kind of where our name was born and our mission was born to serve this community medically. And then over time, we realized if we really are going to make some substantial change and provide what's necessary to create a sustainable program, it would include us moving to Guatemala. Right. And I saw your Facebook. I saw the new building and clinic. (laughs) Are you training people there on the ground as well uh, to help you with the medical side of it? Are you able to train people that way? Yes, actually, we have two women that were born and raised in our village. And since we've moved here, they've both started nursing school part-time. And so part-time they're in school and part-time they're working with us teaching the community classes that we have trained them on teaching this curriculum. And then we also were given the huge blessing to have a Guatemalan pediatrician on our team. He has a private practice about an hour and a half away, but he is an incredible doctor with a high standard of care and he just has a heart for our community and he has joined our team and provides medical care to the babies we serve. That's awesome. Yeah. And as well as we do have a, a local physical therapist who works specifically with some of the uh, disabilities and, and, you know, with, Such as, you know, there's a variety of reasons little babies enter a program for severe malnutrition. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's an underlying cause. And we'll find after a little bit of time in the program that maybe a baby has cerebral palsy 
or something like that. And so we have a, a physical therapist licensed in local to Guatemala um, on site once a week working with these kiddos so that they can continue thriving in their development. Right. And so all of our staff is, most are local to the village and all are local to Guatemala. And the idea is that we're just surrounding them with the resources they need to thrive and come alongside these incredible mothers so that they have the resources they need to revive their own babies. Now, how many years have you been there? Almost two and a half. And you've got some impressive numbers that you have where it shows your impact with ordinary nurses. So what are some of the things that you guys have been able to do? So, for example, our pediatrician has given over 1,084 consults to children in the community. We serve six villages. The smallest of those six is around 5,000 people. So each of those villages, villages is pretty large. And all six of them do not have access to pediatric care. Wow. And so um, our pediatrician has given, um, yes, over 1,000 consults with kids in need of pediatric care. We have partnered with 54 severely malnourished babies. So through these consults and kids walking through our door, we're able to screen and see babies on the edge of death. And we also have partnerships with local government clinics that give vaccines to babies and weigh them. And so they're able to see every baby in these villages and any of them that are severely malnourished, they are now referring to our clinic. And so we then bring those babies into our care and outpatient program for a year. And we're seeing in the most severely malnourished babies over 88 percent weight gain within the first month of their time in our Whoa. Oh my goodness. So it's really exciting what the medical care and nutritional assistance and just coming around that mom with the resources she needs. This is all outpatient. So the mom's doing the hard work in her home and we're just doing home visits and providing the resources and education she needs for her to revive her own baby. And yeah, all 54 Severely malnourished babies, meaning their weight was less than 70% of the median for their age. So we're talking about little ones that you can see their ribs and talking about three months old that are less than five pounds. But we're so thankful to God that all of them have been revived and we continue to enter more babies into the program all the time. On top of that, we've taught over 100 health classes and Bible studies to moms. We've given over 600 people access to clean drinking water. Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. The thing that just rips my heart is the infants. You're saying infants are babies and you're reviving them, which means they're close to death. So the question that I have is, first of all, 
getting back to that 85% of their birth weight in the first month, what exactly are you doing? Because you're the medical side, you're the team, you're giving them nutrition education. That's what you said. But it's not like you're going out to where they are and helping them build these fields of food. People must think, okay, they're malnourished, get them some food. But what else is there besides really trying to educate them with the nutrition aspect of it? How do you get those? What are those resources that you're giving to these families so that they're a little more sustainable and that they can continue this on? Malnourishment is pretty prevalent within the villages of Guatemala. Mm -hmm. The stats show about 80% of all children in the villages are, are malnourished. And so when we first started, we were working with more toddler age. So that would be anywhere from like three years old, up all the way up to maybe 10, 11 years old. And so that's kind of how we got started. Um, and you are able to see some progress. But one thing is, it's really, really, really hard to catch up someone who's been malnourished yeah. for seven years. It just takes a long time. And they, they've lost a lot of things developmentally and just within their bodies. And so it's just in their immune system, just the whole thing. It's really hard to catch up someone like that. And so after we spent some time here, it was really revealed to us that to really make that change and to see that that change long-term, you have to get it early, as early as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we, our program design is for infants less than one year old. So these are all babies. And so the way we're creating, helping the mamas revive their babies is through several avenues. One is we like to provide the medical care and assessment through our pediatrician to see if there's an underlying cause. I mentioned some have had cerebral palsy. We've had little ones with heart defects. We've had six kiddos with a cleft palate. So there may be a reason this little one just not feeding as well as they could. And we provide the care necessary to help that underlying cause. We've helped babies get heart surgeries and we've helped partner with organizations to get all six of those kiddos cleft palate surgeries. And then maybe the underlying cause is that the baby has parasites. And so we treat those parasites. Another thing is we've noticed the mom's milk supply is poor Mm -hmm. and that could be because she has parasites. So she's just in this chronic state of dehydration as a result of her parasitic disease. Over 90% of the water in our area is contaminated with fecal matter. And so the cause of this water contamination, I mean, changing their home to having access to clean water and then treating the mother with for her parasites really revives the milk supply. And then we help the mother's nutrition through prenatal vitamins. And then we provide lactation counseling so that she can nurse more successfully. And that also helps the baby's weight gain. And then on top of that, we provide formula and supplement the mom's nursing with those calories that baby's really needing. Mm-hmm. needing. And then so treating kind of the health problems that baby's facing, mom's facing, and then providing formula is really where we're seeing that yeah. weight gain. So that totally makes sense. And it's smart to kind of start at the source. I mean, you've got to really go back to, it could also be the mom. It's an obvious answer, but maybe something that you don't think about when you think about, or you see the pictures of the malnourished, either infants or children or whatever it is. You think that it's just, okay, give them some food, right? That being said, what are some things that you might need? So if somebody's listening to this, that they can help get connected to you, you know, every nonprofit always needs financial donations. And I know that you have a place on your website, but what are some other things that might help you both push the needle forward in growing this organization? 
Great question. On our website, we also have this really cool thing that people can click and be a part of, and it's hosting a fundraiser. And so we have had people host Formula Drive. Oh, so within wow. their community, they get a digital toolkit on the type of formula we're looking for. It includes photos, before and afters of the babies in our program, statistics, and they're able to use their own social media, their network of friends, or their church to host a formula drive. And then they drop off all the formula they collected at our... Send it. Or they can send it to our local Colorado address. And then visiting teams bring that formula to us. And so people can tangibly give and participate in the formula that we're giving to these ladies. It's all on our website. Yeah, your website. I mean... Your website is pretty amazing. I know that there is that donate area. There's the organize a fundraiser. You can sponsor baby. I saw that as well. And then I think there's also a shop for leather goods. So talk to me about that. And I also saw that you were selling some of these leather goods at different craft fairs here in Fort Collins, Loveland area. Uh, So talk to me about maybe even supporting that way. Yeah, that's a great, great question as well. After living here some time too, we see one of the biggest reasons for the mountain nourishment is just lack of resources and lack of income opportunities, especially out here in the villages. It's just a hard, hard life. If you're doing well, you're making $6 a day, 6 to $10 a day, and wow. some people are making a lot less than that. And so it's a tough life and not having access to resources. And so one of the ways that we felt like, you know, we are combating malnutrition, you know, through our clinic, but ultimately we want to give more opportunities so that they wouldn't have to seek out our clinic. And so just giving income earning opportunities, especially what we focus on right now is to single mothers. And so it's even harder for it's hard for a single mom, no matter what country you live in. But here it's extremely hard. And so what we decided is we wanted to give them the chance to earn a living wage. And not only that, but also to have dignity mm-hmm. uh, as well, and just kind of give them a craft and a skill. And so we're small. We're just starting out. We're very, we only started this about in October, late October, early November is when we launched. And so we've only been around two or three months. And what we do is we, we train two single, single mothers and we hired local, like local weather craftsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably about an hour and a half, two hours away to come out and teach them how to work with weather. And so they're actually very skilled at sewing just in general. And so they just hadn't actually worked with leather. So they picked it up very fast. Wow. And well, the company is called Solterra Leather and the website is solterraleather.com. And Solterra means like single. And so a lot of, like out here, they referred to like a mother would be a madre soltera, which means it's like a single mother. And so that's where that name comes from. And so they work for us. They start at seven in the morning and they work till one in the afternoon and traditionally here in Guatemala you'll eat lunch about 1 30 or so so this allows the mothers to work till one o'clock go pick up their children from school and then go uh, and that's about what time school ends as well and then allow them to go home and have lunch with their family and then spend the rest of the day with their family not have to come back so wow. they work seven to one five days a week and they receive health insurance and access to a living wage and also maternity leave if, if it's necessary. And so right now they're, they're crafting like leather, women's leather tote bags. We have a messenger bag, which is for 
like a laptop and things like that, passport covers, luggage packs. And I think that's what we have right now. Yeah, it yeah. looks incredible. It looks incredible. So I'm, I wanted to mention that so people listening can also support that way because I thought that was a really neat way to, again, create sustainability and create pride and confidence to end these single mothers. So I, I loved that option that exactly. you guys are providing. We're trying to give them, yeah, dignity and pride right. in their work. And then yeah. everything, so we do offer shipping to the continental United States. So we, for free. So we, we bring that to Colorado and then we have friends and family who help us ship that out. That's awesome. Yeah. So share with me, you know, if you have any, maybe favorite stories that you've experienced while serving or building and growing ordinary nurses, you know, things that may have captured your heart that you can share with my listeners. Yeah, I think when we just moved here about two and a half years ago, you know, we were still working with toddlers. We knew there was a medical need. We knew there was malnutrition. And a mama met her door and showed us her little baby who was over two months old and less than five pounds. And we could see every bone in his little body and in his face. And we just knew we didn't have much time to live. We contacted some local hospitals, and unfortunately, the, they were both facing infection, just raging through the units, and they just felt like he would surely die inside just because of being so small and no immune system, and really, that just wasn't an option, and she had been in another hospital and sent home, and so really, we were her last hope, and her family had told her, you know, you should just stay at home and let your baby die at home. And on her own, she walked to our place and knocked on her door. And we brought her in and we had her see um, our pediatrician and we developed a plan to get weight on this little baby. And at the time, he still didn't have a name. And we asked her, you know, how come you haven't named your baby? And she said that she's lost other kids to malnutrition and he was going to die too. And it was Mm. just the way that she was protecting her heart um, and her breaking heart was just not to give him a name. And we told her, you know what, that we believe that God sent us here to Guatemala and sent us here to fight alongside her and that he, in Jesus' name, there would be a miracle and we would name her baby because he needs the dignity of a name. And she said to me, well, if my baby's going to live, he's going to be brought up and revived from the dead. And so I want to name him after somebody raised from the dead in the Bible. (laughs) And so a local man mentioned, you know, Lazarus. And then he said, well, Peter raised Tabitha from the dead. And we said, yeah, but this is a little boy. And he said, well, it's famous, Tabitha, Tabitha just became Tabito. And that night, Tabito was named. And he is a thriving two-year-old. Oh, my gosh. And I would even call him Chubby at this point. Uh, Every time we see him, he's like a walking miracle. Wow. um, The name of our clinic, um, we just finished building it, 3,000 square foot clinic dedicated to these babies is Casa Chavito. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. That's an incredible story. Wow. Well, and I'm sure that you have so many others. 
feel free, you know, if there's anything else, yeah, feel free. Tell me another story. I mean, I could sit here and listen all day, you know, but yeah, tell me about anything else that maybe we might have even missed talking about and highlighting ordinary nurses and oh my gosh, all the good that you guys are doing. Well, thank you. We don't feel like it's anything we've done. We've really been, we've had so many people come around us and supported us. I mean, financially, also with resources like formula and then even just kind words and notes and prayers. And honestly, we don't feel like we really couldn't do anything without this huge base of people who have really supported us along the way. And we just feel like we just feel privileged and blessed to be a part of this journey that God has led us on. And I don't, we don't try to take any credit for ourselves. It's just, we feel like we're, we're, we said our name is ordinary nurses. We feel like we're very ordinary people who just took kind of like a, a step of faith and, we were just met on the other side yeah. with so much, all our fears and everything was just kind of taken care of and like our needs are taken care of and like just the power of, of people coming together, the power of social media and telling, you know, stories and like, you know, people to helping people. And we just feel like we're just able to, we just feel blessed to be the ones on this side of it. So many other people don't get the chance to see some of the things we see, but they partner with us from faraway places. And so we just want to say thank you to all those people who helped make that possible. Yeah. yeah, and thank you to you for giving us of your time because anytime we can get the word out, we know that could be just one more baby sponsored and one yeah. more baby we can bring in through our doors. And, you know, every time we bring a, another baby on, we tell that, you know, the mom almost always tells us she's been praying and not heard an answer. And then she heard about this place. Wow. And so we are humbled that we get to say, you know what, God heard your prayers. We didn't know why we were sent to Guatemala, but now that we're looking at you, we know why. And so this is God, this is not us. And to see that mom know that she's seen and loved by God is just an incredible and valuable thing that we get to be a part of on this side. And we try to always share that with all the people back in Colorado, back in the States, all over the world that have come alongside us and trusted us and stood with us as we go on this endeavor and just to be now sitting in this clinic we bought land a year ago and had just could not believe that within a year this clinic standing and yeah um, that's because of people back home so well and you yeah. you too know that you are very special souls and you know it of course, you know, God wouldn't pick anybody if they couldn't handle it. Right. But, you know, it's so interesting because I keep thinking and and this is why I love the show, because it's having people on that can be anybody. Like you said, your name is Ordinary Nurses, which you definitely are not just ordinary. You know, you're extraordinary. What's any type of advice that you can share with my listeners on making the world a better place and like these decisions that just turned your world upside down? But for good, what's some advice that you can look back and say, okay, yeah, let's pass this on to the next generation who come up with these same decisions that we have to make? It's just day by day, like one foot in front of the other. For example, we just said yes and went on that trip with our church. And then we just just kept saying yes. And then, you know. Stepping into that obedience, you know. Yeah. Um, I think God. um, Where we were, I mean, we never would have imagined where we are right now. We didn't set out right. to come here and build a clinic. That was never the goal. Yeah. <laughs> so just where God brought us. But it was just it was just one day at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we have a good God who's faithful and a provider and will I mean really take your life to places you never imagine if you just um offer 
obedience, I think. And I think we just kept saying yes. We said, yeah, we'll go to Guatemala for one year. And then that year turned into this. And so I think it just means loving your neighbor and being open to what God's calling you to do and taking that step. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's be okay with the uncomfortable. Yeah. I, you can ask Brian, like, I was never the one who wanted to come <laughs> move to a different country from the United States. I really, we both actually really enjoyed our lives, our, our families, and our just life in Colorado. I mean, Colorado is an amazing place mm-hmm. with a lot of fun activities and fun friends. And so it was, you know, it was hard, but like saying yes was, was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, we also got to, we were able to, to receive blessings on this end and see things on this end that we would just have never seen if we didn't say yes. Right. Um, yeah, I would say being okay with uncomfortable as well. And it seems, it can seem scary, but I think taking things one day at a time is, is the most important thing. I think that's really wise. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here and for sharing what you do, because I think that it's going to, you know, reach people that may have not heard about you and might want to get involved somehow. And you've got so many different options to get involved. And so I'm really thankful that you guys took the time to be here with me and and to share about ordinary nurses. I love it. Thank you so much for having us. We're really grateful for your time and the chance to talk about this cause. So really grateful. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World. And thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM.